0: right, it is Monday on Daily Delivery. Michael Rand here, Patrick Royce with me here as well. Patrick, busy time of year, a lot happening, but I think we all took a long pause um, and still probably in a little bit of that pause right now to digest the news Saturday that uh, Bud Grant, legendary Vikings coach, died at the age of 95. Um, Patrick, you wrote about it very well. And a lot of other colleagues did as well. I think we're going to spend a lot of time on bud today as, as we should, um, what, you know, memories, things like that, but maybe we could start with, you know, just even when someone's 95, you, you, you get that news and it's, it's awfully jarring on a Saturday. Uh, even just, even, even, even if you imagine that that could happen at any moment at, at this age.
1: Yeah, I was going to the I was gonna do a column of the Class A final Monomina in War Road and I was sitting in the I got there about uh ten thirty, quarter, you know, ten thirty or so, and uh I was sitting in the press box and uh, Tim Layton came over to me and said, you know, Bud died and uh I, I was, uh, it was about 1115 and I was absolutely, uh, shocked. I had talked to Mike, uh, at, on Thursday night at the Bob Hagan event.
0: Oh, sure. Uh, uh,
1: cause Bud was supposed to be there, but then Mike said, he, he's not feeling well. He said, he hasn't been feeling well for a few days. So, uh, he had to beg out, but, uh, he was, he was planning on being there. And Mike said, I, you know, he's, uh, he, he said he's, but he he never, you know, there was no sense of urgency. But, uh, Mike just thought he'd bounce back uh, like he uh, always does. And, uh, and but, you know, we should never be surprised when a fellow is 95 and not feeling well. And he's a couple of months from his 96th birthday. But yeah, I uh, know you had a chance to talk to him about month ago three weeks ago something like that wasn't he on? one was he on your podcast I oh that was a while ago him. that was that was right, it was at, that, was right he, that was
0: right when he turned 95 so it was a while oh, back but okay. it was okay yeah okay.
1: and uh well I' I'd, I'd gotten uh into a, a situation with him the last few years where I talked to him quite often and uh he'd actually called me in early February and uh, wanted to get together for lunch I mean he had his he head in uh, a pat his uh his um uh, companion right. call me and uh then we got on the phone and talked for 20 minutes and he said he had some stories he'd never told before and they thought somebody might want to write those and and we, i was gonna say i said yeah we'll have lunch let's do that i'll come out and uh and uh I, i'd say that was early february and then i had some things come up that delayed me and i was getting back to him and and then this happened but it's uh you know, we—I think everybody said it, but it's true. Sid died at a hundred, and we were surprised. And Bud died at ninety-five, and we were surprised. Yeah, great. Right. The only two guys that uh, this could happen with, but uh, an amazing, an amazing character. And as Mike said, uh, when I was talking to him Thursday night, Mike said. You know, he used to be so quiet with his words, even around the family. And he said, and now he won't shut up <laughs> he yeah. said he talking. And, uh, you know, he's uh, his big crusade with me the last couple of years when I every time I saw him, I at the O'Connell press conference, uh, uh he, he was out there and he called me over after. And we talked for 40 minutes and it was Bud complaining about uh, how the NFL allows players to kneel down and kill the clock at the end. He, his proposal was, uh if you didn't make a yard, the clock would stop. And then his other proposal, and he hates the modern kickoff where there's no kickoff return. Oh, sure. And I said, you're not changing that one. I said, but the other idea is pretty good. You got to make a yard or the, or the clock stops. So, uh, and uh you know, when they're trying to kneel out the last two right. minutes. So, uh, and he's, he's, uh, you know, was, was kind of on that crusade and other things. And, uh, I'm now I'm going to spend uh, my time wondering what those stories he hadn't told anybody were. So, uh, uh, I wish I had that, had that last meeting with him, but, uh, it's funny. I did not, uh, you know, I was, uh, uh, I a prep writer at the Pioneer Press, and then I was uh, <laughs> the worst, the most ill-equipped sports editor and the history, <laughs> assistant sports editor for three years. Then I covered baseball for five. So uh, I, I was so through '78. I already didn't have that. I didn't cover the Vikings much. I did write one column a week, general interest, and I got out there a few times, but uh, I hadn't dealt with him that much and i kind of liked to uh, you know the the absolute adulation with which the vikings were covered here in the 70s and especially bud and tarkington it was a daily battle between sid and klobuchar as to who could kiss those two guys on the cheek of, you know the most vigorously and maintain the best relationship with them and uh so it was uh, it, it was I I kind of start I tried to agitate a little bit about uh, that and I, I started calling him horseshoe Harry because
0: right, of how right. lucky
1: they were. And I I was saying this, uh but if you knew e- even if you had agitated he would never give you the satisfaction of knowing that. <laughs> you right. know, he would never give anyone the satisfaction of knowing that. Uh, uh, very, a different kind of guy, though. Uh, we were, uh, there's, there's a famous story of, uh, of uh I think, Frito-Lay. Was it Frito-Lay? Somebody like that. The first corporate sponsor for the Vikings. Okay. That Mike Lynn found. And he had those people, he had kind of the corporate people and the hangers on, spend a night at Gage Hall. And he had a little, you know, where the Vikings stayed in Mankato. And he had a little reception for these people, right? And Bud came up and he talked and he glad-handed. And he had, you know, probably one of the three cocktails he had a year. And the next morning he's walking down to breakfast and one of these guys comes out and says, hello, Coach Grant. And he shakes his hand up, holds, you know, he's down there. Bud's going to breakfast in the morning before he starts practice or to his his meetings. And the guy sticks his hand out and Bud says, we did that yesterday. (laughs) 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 He was that kind of guy. And my version of that story is uh, the the St. Paul Pioneer press in the early 80s decided to switch
0: we hired a new
1: Viking writer who know, go nameless, but the sports editor decided he didn't like him. He didn't like the way he wrote. So he he took him off the beat and he switched and put him on baseball and somebody. And it was like in the August.
0: Oh man. Yeah. They
1: put me on a trip to Anaheim. Uh, They they put me in the, that was back when the beat guys flew with the Vikings. So I was, Thursday night, I remember it was a Thursday night, and they put me on the plane on Wednesday to go out and cover the Viking game, and I was sitting right behind Bud on the plane because he okay. was sitting, he kind of sat in the back, and I was sitting behind Bud. I had, I nodded, he nodded, and he turned around in his seat and he talked to me for 40 minutes or like halfway through the flight. Turned okay. around in his seat, and it was mostly about Sid and stuff like that. And then, and then he, Turned around in his seat and uh uh and then i had one more thought i wanted so i kind of tapped him on his shoulder no yeah. response and i was thinking we did that
0: yesterday <laughs> <laughs>
1: it was over it was it was uh, the conversation was over when bud said it was over he was a uh, uh he was an extremely extremely unique guy and uh you know did you bob hagan told a fabulous story during the uh during his uh speech which just ended about 20 minutes ago <laughs> I, was The longest seat I, speech in history but, i heard that was
0: but, a little you know, long yeah i
1: love the guy i love the guy but uh but but this channel Nine, you know bud's garage sale bud sat out right. there and, in the chair and, and people get on autograph stuff and they charge them to get on the autographs and uh and some guy channel nine sent some kid out about seven eight years ago probably didn't even know who bud was you know working summer right. weekends or something and the guy says hey coach grant blah 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 and he says how much money did you make on this thing last year <laughs> but looked at him and. Five seconds and said are you from the irs and uh and he just and then, then the guy laughed and then bud just stared at him for 15 seconds and the guy realized he had to start he had to ask another question you're <laughs> never gonna ask bud how much he made on no. something i guarantee you there's another famous story about it did gave him a one of those gift certificates from Mayor Murray's,
0: like yeah, yeah, the, twelve years ago, silver butterers, yeah, yeah,
1: twelve years earlier, and Bud ended up having to buy somebody dinner at Murray's, you know, some thing that, and he took that gift card with him that was like, uh, uh you know, that, that had been in the drawer for like twelve years, and yeah. it was they used to have those things used to expire as uh, expire you know but oh sure but but made sure that they, you know they gave me a silver butter knife 12 years afterwards That's he amazing. was a, he was a child of the uh of uh parents who didn't have much money and wow. uh, those guys those guys always uh always took care of their bucks but uh man he was uh I'd say do you agree the Biggest sports figure in my lifetime in Minnesota.
0: Yes. I'd say number one. Take a playcation to Mystic Lake. With 24-7 gaming, the good times never have to end. And you can satisfy your cravings at our restaurants and bars. Or relax in one of our luxurious hotel rooms. Those that play together, stay together. And don't forget to join Club M, so you can spark new memories and bask in the rewards along the way. Follow the lights to Mystic Lake, where every day is play day. I think so too. I mean, he just he cut such a figure through here with this. He go to four Super Bowls, and he just then just after that. I mean, just being here, staying here, and just one of the things that struck me when the last time I talked to him for that for that podcast last May, as he was turning ninety five, he was very he was in a very reflective mood by then. It just feels like he was. Yeah you know, he didn't, we didn't even talk much football on that episode. It was more just talking about his grandkids, his great grandkids, and just kind of like his kind of philosophies of life and just kind of everything that's evolved. And obviously the stories we all know and the, you know, how he'd gone to that game out in Vancouver and the the plane crash and just the, how that, that that kind of moment in his life. And it was just, I don't know, it it was, it was very interesting for someone who had been so stoic. I think you're right. There was kind of that, that evolution that kind of came later in his life where he kind of wanted everybody to know his stories. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, yeah, he was much, uh, much more open, uh, than, than, uh, he, he, was, uh, uh, yeah, you're right. He was much more open and he was, his press conferences were always interesting because, uh, he, he was, uh, he, he didn't blurt out an answer after, you know, he was not, he was not in a big hurry to uh he he wanted to make sure you he knew precisely what you were asking him and then if he was uh of you know if he didn't want to answer it he would talk around it a little bit but uh yeah he was he he became a far different uh, uh guy as far as verbally you know, later on in his yeah. life but it is i think he made the point that it's amazing that 35 that almost four decades later we were just as interested in him as when he quit coaching in yes. nineteen eighty five. Greatest uh greatest negotiation ever though. When he uh when Lynn got him to come back man he came he back never, after yeah never missed it. A- you know Les Neckle, Maybe that's why he put Les Neckle in. Did he recommended Les Neckle instead of Jerry Burns? He <laughs> right. wanted the guy to kind of fail so he could come back as a hero. <laughs> right. Although, I think they only went six and ten. Is uh, you you got to remember that. I mean they were in decline uh, after they won the Mud Bowl in seventy seven, and then uh, after that, I mean they they were, the things were pretty they were pretty mediocre from. Yeah, seventy-eight through eighty-three, they they benefited from the division being terrible, and they won a couple of division titles. But right. they were they were never uh, really a contender again. And then uh, Steckle went three and thirteen, and and Lou Holtz was in town getting all the interest uh, with the Gophers and Lynn in a panic brought back Bud, and Bud got a lifetime contract. And my favorite thing ever about his lifetime contract. In addition to free gas, which he got there at the pump that they had at Winter Park. He'd bring about three cars a day and fill them up with (laughs) gas. But the other thing was an office with a window. Who else would negotiate a lifetime contract and have it say an office with a window? So... Uh, Roger Hedrick tried to take his make move him into the interior of the building out Winter uh-huh. in the nineties, mid nineties, were we okay. remodel the place. But went home, brought home his back his contract office with a window. <laughs> but, <laughs> he wanted to be able to look at look at the great outdoors, but uh, you know nobody on our staff. I mean, Sid was a lifelong
0: best yeah friend. All I'm but beyond that, Hedrick,
1: yeah guy who had the best relationship with him on our staff by far was dennis anderson oh yeah uh, for sure because of the outdoors right because, the
0: hunting connection yeah 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 and
1: think of those two guys bud i mean sid you know couldn't uh walk out of the driveway to, that was his outdoors was uh walk into the car, but, uh, <laughs> right. and then Dennis was, you know, would go anywhere to hunt with him. And, uh, Dennis is, uh, I'm waiting to read Dennis's, uh, I'm sure Dennis will have an ode to him this oh, week. Yeah. I, I can't wait to read that. That'll be, it'll be magnificent. So, uh, yeah, but, but, oh boy, it was, uh, it was, uh, it was amazing. Uh, the, the, the uh, the uh the the presence he had here and mike you weren't around you weren't old enough but Mm. uh when they first went to the that first year they went to the super bowl and the way things changed there he succeeded one of the craziest human beings that ever lived you know just volatile and nuts and, and the you know he'd get loaded he'd get drunk and mean and uh not on the practice field but he'd you know, with the reporters. I mean, he and Clovershire duped it out. in Jack's Steakhouse and right. Bud <clears throat> isn't going to be fighting a sports writer, but uh, no, that was probably part of his success. As the veterans on that team said, "Okay, we we got a sane human being here, a grown up right in the people. room." Yeah, but, yeah. So uh, he he was definitely grown up in the room. That's for sure. So
0: I thought it was interesting. You wrote about how different. You know, just the 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 unique relationship and friendships obviously between Sid but also with Bernsey, like three guys who couldn't have been much more different in a lot of different ways than Bernsey kind of that same volatile you know just we've seen him in press conferences and that becomes kind of a caricature but you know just the the unlikely friendships there between those between those three guys and and Bud and Bernsey and Bud, Bud and Sid I thought that was pretty 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 interesting and really well done
1: yeah. I talked to Marlon, uh, who's a uh wife for a few seconds on, uh, on Saturday. And, uh, she was saying how, uh, when they were at the, they used to, uh, the Vikings used to stay at the Fister hotel when they went to, uh, when they went to green Bay and then they, I mean, some, and then they'd drive up. They had, when they played at County Stadium, you know, because they oh, sure. played their games at County Stadium, they'd stay at the Fister. And she said, a couple of times uh, there, Bud would, Bud and, Berns, and, the, and the Packers stayed there too. So Bud Burnsie would have dinner, and she'd be at the dinner. And uh, you know, this was when they are on rivals. The one year there, they had rival staffs. Uh, when he when he when he coached for Lombardi uh, for two years, I think it was. Anyway, she was recalling that dinner that the two of them had, where Bud was basically opening re, openly recruiting Birdsey to come and be his coach he, <laughs> on the night before they're having the
0: game. So and, uh,
1: and uh but he, she said Bud appreciated it when I asked him about his family because Birdsey was just babbling about football or something else. <laughs> right um, and uh anyway that was uh yeah that that they, those two guys couldn't <laughs> couldn't uh you, you know it's not like they were in, they were inseparable because of football but right not, not their lives they lived were completely different but i they their kids all knew each other and everything it was uh it was uh uh you know bud bud's we we all know Mike, but I guess uh, you know we Mike Grant, but we didn't really, you know, his family was a huge part of his life. The oh, Bruce, yeah. you know Bruce was a great quarterback. Danny was a great receiver, and uh, you know Mike was a good football player at St. John's. And another one, another conversation I would have liked to sat in on was when Gallardty and Grant uh were talking to each other because they you know Mike played for Of course so, yeah yeah so I'm sure that I'm sure those conversations was something because gag was always out in left field and bud was direct you know so yes. it would have uh, been uh it would have been wonderful to sit in on, on on one of those things too I never uh, I never thought of it, but it would have been great because they, of course, are two of my favorite all-time characters.
0: Yeah. well, wow. Unbelievable <clears throat> life lived by Bud Grant. Just, you know, so many stories over the years. It, 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 and interestingly, too, like, so many stories, but for someone with someone with such a kind of a, I don't know, I don't know how to quite put it, but with someone who was so stoic for so many years, like, the, the punchline of a lot of those stories is, like, is a little bit muted, but it's also, it kind of gains in stature because it is so muted. Like your, your story about how, you know, the, the, we did that yesterday, or, you know, just the, the, the the very, the, the few words he said carried a lot of weight (laughs) because he didn't say a lot of uh, didn't say a lot at that time.
1: No, I recall the, the one, you know, and I didn't cover it. I wish I had because Jim, the relationship between him and Finks had to be interesting because Finks was the greatest quipster of all time. And love to make, uh, I wouldn't say love to make fun of Bud, but love to have fun with that whole outdoorsman thing. Sure. But the greatest quote ever, and Bill McGrain had it in his book, and uh, Bill McGrain was the best sports writer in the Twin Cities when he covered the Gophers for our paper way back when I was a Tribune copy boy. And then he went out and became the Vikings PR director. And uh, that that tells you about what newspapers were paying back then too, because they all took PR jobs. And Bill was uh, in Van Brocklin leaves and everybody's grateful out there. And Finks knew, you know, Jim Finks, who was a great character, uh, knew Bud from the Canadian Football League, because he was a a, a former CFL player and then an executive. and. They basically they interviewed a couple other people, but they they he he wanted Bud and McGrain, So it's funny. I looked back and read the stories, and uh, the Vikings would not confirm that they were even talking to him. Everybody, the word was out he was going to get hired, but he was still under contract to Winnipeg. So they were trying to work that out with the Blue Bombers, and uh, and but. I used this on Twitter yesterday, but McGrain's famous story is Finks calls him in and said, uh, Hey, go out to the airport and uh, pick up and meet Bud Grant's flight and then bring him here. He's our new coach. And, uh, you know, I think Finks probably flew up there and saw him, but it's not like Bud was parading around where a park, or not even, they didn't even have where a park. Right. Get interviewed. He's our new coach, and Bill McGrain says, "How am I gonna, you know, need to know him?" He says, "How am I gonna know him? How am I gonna know him?" And the uh, Fink's quote was, uh, "He'll be the guy who looks like the town marshal." <laughs> <laughs> he was, he was yes. uh, if you've seen the old Western movies. Oh yeah, you know he is Gary Cooper, or getting off the plane, he was Gary Cooper or Jimmy Stewart or somebody like that. He was, he was the town marshal. That gray, tall, gray. Yep. You know, he was prematurely silver-haired, and uh, yeah. the eyes—the eyes were what an advantage that is for a coach. Oh yeah, you don't have to scream at somebody. All you got to do is look at them. Yeah, right. <laughs> look at them. Yeah, sternly. I—I've uh, seen a few of them. I remember interviewing Pat Summit and watching yeah. her. and yeah. She had that stare. Yeah. And she stared at you, and you felt like a lesser human being. And you better play better. And he, I mean, his, his fair his, his stare was so great that it became nationally famous. You know, yes. I mean, yeah. Bud on the sideline, non plus, and the greatest PR anybody ever did. And Bob Hagan told us Thursday it was his idea. Was Bud walking out in the shirt sleeves? Oh he'd, yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, that was that re- that that gave a new generation, new generations probably, an idea who this guy was. Right. You know, it's uh, so that was that was that was Bud's idea to uh, go out there in shirt yeah. sleeves. He told Hagen, "Your body can stand anything for ten minutes." I saw that. <laughs> yeah,
0: that was great. <clears throat>
1: yeah. So anyway.
0: I feel like Clem yeah. could do that stare too, although he could yeah. yell too. Yeah, yeah he
1: could. <laughs> oh yeah, Clem could. Uh, Clem could stare, but he he could he could he would have to throw in the uh, the bark too. But didn't have to throw in the bark, all he had to do is look at you, and you you knew you had screwed up. It is interesting, you know. Jim Marshall, was his all time favorite player. Marshall loved him. Yeah, and Alan Page just. They could never get along, and they uh, that finally at the end, they had the great falling out. But, uh, you know, it, it's funny, though. Page, his tolerance for great players, if you were a great player, you might do a lot of things that agitated him. You know, I'm, I'm sure Carl Eller had some issues yeah. back then, but he was great. And, you know, Marshall was you know, Marshall would not exactly practice every day and stuff like that. He'd be there, but he wouldn't, but his tolerance for greatness. And the other thing is, Mike, he played the same guys for 12 years. Yeah, it was amazing. The defensive line is, okay, we we drafted this great guy who should be in the Hall of Fame, Matt Blair, as a linebacker, but it still took him to his second or third year to be a starter because you had, Hilgenberg and you had uh Roy Winston and yeah Roy Winston was the first of those guys to kind of be phased out that he right. played them they'd played for 10 years together I know uh, defense it's uh it was a completely different world so
0: you talked to these guys who were in charge of things before I think I was talking to Lou Nanny a couple of weeks ago and he's just like <clears throat> kind of comparing his I was comparing his job to what Bill Guerin does now he's like ah man I'm paraphrasing Paraphrasing now, but he's like, I don't know. I mean, back when I was doing it, it was all about, you know, the personnel and now it's so much salary cap stuff. It's like, it's just, it's so hard to keep a team together, assemble a team you actually want these days, because, you know, back then you just, you know, you found someone you liked, you got them and you kept them for a long time. And if you didn't like him, you got rid of him. You didn't have to worry about all these other things. And teams yes. were, teams were built a lot differently. And, Few, fewer and, assistant coaches, too. Bud made that point the last time I talked to him oh on God, the podcast. Yes. <laughs> the assistant coach yeah, he
1: said he was looking at that list and he said, What do they got here? I said, I think it's 22. <laughs> he said, What? You know, he had five. Yeah. He had five or something. And then he might have got up to six. But one of them, Buzz Murty's, yeah. I always <laughs> said Buzz was in charge. Bud was coached defensive backs or something. They had the same defensive backs for years, but, uh, Bud was also, Buzz was also in charge of getting them bargains. Yes. None of those guys ever paid for a re- full price for a refrigerator or anything. They
0: were all like,
1: <laughs> Zambi, too. Zambi and Bud used to, uh, Zambi and Buzz used to compete as to who could get something cheaper, you know? so they. I mean, Fred Zambroletti was like, yeah, the, he's the fourth musketeer in that group, you know, because uh, he was
0: he was a trainer who was basically
1: an assistant coach too. He was, he was the father confessor to everybody. And, uh, and, but they were all, you know, what that cost, you know, Yeah. you, know, you asked Zambi how much he made for something. He would have said, what are you from the IRS? <laughs> but, but Anyway, it was a yeah. completely different world, but, uh, yeah, but man, we, uh, you know, the, the, the generations, uh, who sh- all the uh, you know Harmon and all these people who are pretty much long forgotten by the at least the most recent generation? Those people all knew Bud Grant, so you know well, maybe maybe because of the shirt sleeve thing that it, maybe, the younger generations are saying, yeah, he's the guy that walks the out guy. there with fifty yeah. below zero, yeah. It is that that event might have been even more famous if Blair Walsh hadn't missed the guess, oh, <laughs> you know, goal. Geez. Right, twenties.
0: Oh, jeez. Oh, I think
1: the lowest moment in Viking history was how kindly people tried to treat him after he missed that. <laughs> I, think he have been, I think he should have been escorted to the airport and flown out of town.
0: So uh,
1: <laughs> immediately. So anyway,
0: wouldn't have gotten all those nice letters then, but <laughs>
1: all from the grade school kids and like that they ruined a they ruined an entire generation of minnesota sports fans to be way too tolerant so
0: well patrick um i want to get to a couple more things it feels a little strange to talk about anything after that but you know is that this is march there's a lot going on right now let me stick i want to ask you about vikings thing quick um we're starting to see some reporting that you know, Vikings and Kirk Cousins in our papers reported this, you know, there's no nothing imminent with the contract extension, anything like that. And he's kind of the more you're gonna kind of read between the lines, I've had Ben Gessling on recently too, just kinda of talking about how they're trying to do all these things with the cap without having to do a cousins extension. And, you know, maybe some of that is leverage negotiation stuff like that but you know he's starting to hear some stuff that maybe they're not going to do another extension and i'm i'm on board with that but it's interesting to me what do you what do you think about where they are with their quarterback right now
1: uh i don't see what's the big deal if uh if you bring him back without a contract so what he's got to play well and you know if he comes back let him
0: yeah people are saying,
1: well you, you got to show your confidence in him but I, I don't know what the reason is I guess because if you don't want to let him go for nothing, well, why not? He's 36 or he'll be 30 mm. 40 with a contract at five,
0: 30 he'll be 30 he'll play 30 at 35 this year so yeah
1: yeah, yeah' he'll be, let him play and he has to play well. he has to be as good as he was last year to get another contract from somebody, right? Yes. So uh, what's the big deal? Let him play. Let him play for what his contract is. You're not ready. Obviously, they're not ready to commit themselves to another three years of him. So let him play it out. I I don't get what's the problem. And, uh, uh, you know, let's, let's let's let him let him prove it once again. They can't. There's nothing. There's nothing else they can do. Right. I mean, you have, he has to be your quarterback next year, doesn't he? Yeah, unless,
0: yeah. I mean, unless you, What are you
1: going to, who are you going to, otherwise you're back to the, uh, you know, the, uh, Denny Green in the early nineties, finding a new quarterback every year, you scraping know, scraping
0: together Man. two veterans and seeing Jimmy who's going to be Man. the one. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't, I don't, uh, I, I let him play, let him play. I don't want to commit myself to this guy for another year. He's at that kind of at forty million. Yeah. Do you want to pay him forty million? Uh, let him go. And but here's the problem: you got to get the next guy. Yeah, you got to, you know, you 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 got to. You're not going. The likelihood of having the next guy, if you keep him, the likelihood of having the next guy on the roster is pretty much nil, right? Yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna have to you know, you're not going to draft them because you're not going to be that, but you're the fall off is not going to be
0: that dramatic. Correct.
1: And, uh, so. Yeah. I mean, it, it gets you in a situation where, uh, uh, you, you're going to have to, you're, you're going to have to know who you're going to get for the following year. But I, I don't, I don't want him around at 37 do you? 38. I don't, I don't think no. he's like, I think, you know, he's durable. He's good. But the, the modern mobility that you want in a quarterback that, that isn't there with him. So you have to, you have to get ready to move on and, uh, and just, just let him play a year. I don't, I don't yeah. see what the deal is. I think it's stupid that we're so, uh, uh, but, but the quarterback, the influence quarterbacks have on teams decisions. Now is incredible. Oh yeah. They, uh, I mean, cause they, they take up 20% of your salary cap and, yes and uh and they you know you let them you know okay i uh, i mean baltimore is willing to you could as as uh, what you as his cousins at an age now where you couldn't franchise him if you wanted to or has he already been franchised
0: i, I don't know that that's something? a good question i think i think you could no you could franchise him next year but that would be like that's the, way that, money, yeah, the yeah. way that quarterback salaries have gone, that'd be close to like 50 million a year yeah, because
1: yeah, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't do that. So anyways, so yeah, well, you could franchise them with the, uh, what's the deal. It's, what do they call it? That you can go out and get another offer like Lamar Jackson.
0: Oh yeah. Right? The non, yeah. yeah. That would...
1: But I, I don't think, uh, I don't think that's an option. I shouldn't even brought that up, but uh, yeah. Let him play one more year. What the hell? Try to win again and uh and uh if he has a great year then you got a problem then you got to figure out how to sign him but uh yeah i i don't you, you're in a cap situation now or you want to add a couple of players here in this free agent period and and you you can't do that by giving him another contract i don't think
0: so no i don't think i mean that's the question you got the question you got to ask yourself if you're the vikings is are we going to win a super bowl with this guy like if that's your ultimate goal and you know he's not 27 anymore and even when he was 27 he was kind of the same quarterback he is now to a large degree like is is that if that's <clears throat> if that's your ultimate goal is Kirk Cousins really your guy I think I don't I think the the only risk you'd be taking by not by by playing out this year is is he suddenly going to have a year that he's never had before and at this age I don't I don't think he I don't think he is so you I think at some point you just got to say you know what Good quarterback. I don't think he's ever going to win you the Super Bowl, especially with the way this roster looks right now. And you probably just got to move on at some point, don't you? It's just, it, it, well, yeah. It,
1: I mean, if you if you could if there's an if there's a thirty year old option that you could bring in, and, and trade Cousin someplace, then I I wouldn't be afraid to do that. But it's I don't know who's Derek Carr side. So uh, I mean, yeah. where are you going to? And I'm not sure he was the guy anyway. But uh, no. where are you going to? Where are you going to go you got you got to go someplace i think or you just play them. it is interesting though mike and i didn't know where i don't know where this group came from but suddenly in the last couple of years he's been more popular with 20% there's been this hardcore pro kirk yes uh 20% of the fan base and i don't really know where that came from I mean, he played well last year, but I think it's political. I that my theory is okay. he's an anti-vaxer, and uh, that that I I think I think politics now affects everything in our lives, and I think that they had the numbers the the the, the Kirkys, as we call them, had the numbers in their uh, on their side of the argument, but I th- there was this hardcore we love Kirk crowd and you guys all don't give him credit for how great he is. That kind of sprouted up a couple of years ago. And I I don't know why. I I mean, certainly there was a lot of bashers and, and the bashing I always thought was over the top too. But, uh, you know, cause I, I never thought he was the reason you won or lost. I thought he was, I thought he was good enough for you to win if your team was good enough, and that was proved last year. But, uh, uh, I, it's this hardcore Kirk crowd, if they were out there before like 2001, I didn't know it. I didn't, I didn't know they were there. So,
0: (laughs) yeah.
1: Uh, uh, so anyway, uh, 2021, 2021, yeah. Yeah, 2021. He's, uh, you know, I've never been a fan of the guy as a, as a guy, because I, I he came in, he was terribly arrogant, and then he tried to be humble, and uh, I thought he was more likable when he was his arrogant self than when he became humble, <laughs> so, Sure, because it was so hard to work for him. But uh, I don't know. I, I mean, he'll... But if he plays one more year and leaves here, he'll probably be the, uh, you know, next to Francis. Is he, is he there number two all-timer.
0: Man, I, I mean...
1: mean Tom, Tommy gets a lot of credit, but Tommy was... Tom, Tommy Kramer was pretty meteoric. Uh, you know, he mediocre, was... Meteor, yeah. It's a, it's a short list. It's a
0: short list, Patrick. It, yeah, <laughs> it yeah. is. I mean, we... It's uh, not great. Uh, um, Moon
1: was... Uh, Moon was... had yeah. a three pretty good three-year run, but, uh yeah, mm-hmm. it's... Uh, and Dante was great for... You know... I don't know, couple, three of those six, seven years. Right, he was
0: up and down. He was so up and down. That was the problem with Dante. He was all of that. Small
1: hand, you know. That's we were very worried about his small hands. Small hands,
0: Well, He he did fumble a lot, Patrick. Yeah, yeah, he did. Except that
1: one year, all of a sudden he had no turnovers at all. Right. Then,
0: then they let and
1: well, yeah, but what you would call it? Red let Scott Linehan leave, and yes. And didn't give him an offensive coordinator, and uh, he didn't know what he was. And then he found out, the other thing about Dante is he found out he bought this, he signed, because he negotiated himself, he had signed the stupidest contract in history. There was so little guaranteed money in it. And uh, that that was just, that was, I mean, that, that summer when he showed up, in camp after his great year, which was 0-4, right? Yeah, uh, and he showed up '05. The optimism, the popularity, and optimism around Dante was enormous.
0: Had, well, they had just beaten the Packers in the playoffs too, which yes. which will buy yeah. you a lot of equity.
1: Yes, and then uh, and then everything just went uh, oh. completely down the tank. So I don't know. It's uh, it, I I am interested to see uh, that the, we had an interesting story today in the paper about uh, even if it looks like they're in cap, uh, cap Hades, they might be able to squeeze in a couple of veterans here that'll be uh, that could be very much needed. How about Cameron Dantler getting run
0: off? How about there? that? Yeah,
1: that yeah. surprised I just... me. I. I thought they still were going to give him another year or something. So. Especially
0: with how many corners they need, but uh, yeah. Now
1: they corners talk about an anonymous group. Yes, they're going to have to beg to get Duke Shelley yes. back. It looks there.
0: Duke was so. pretty good. I'd take Duke back. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, I was like
1: the NCAA man. We. I was we just going to say we it. barely we talked about
0: it. it. I don't care. I don't care.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's amazing to me how little I care. Uh, when your bad, when your local team is as bad as it is, and you're not even, you don't even have to wait for the NIT announcements. No, uh, you know that uh, things are bad. Both the men's and women's team have got us completely off. College basketball in general is much more unwatchable than it's ever been. Yes. in my opinion, there's so many bad teams. I mean, there was a big discussion yesterday. Oh, how did Rutgers not make it? Because they lost like five of their last six. That's how. Including
0: one, one to the Gophers. Night. Including yeah. one to the Gophers. Yeah, they lost to the <clears throat> Gophers.
1: That should eliminate you immediately. That you should never get to, you know, they lost to the Gophers. And how could you make it? They beat Purdue. Well, A, Purdue's way overrated. And so what? You end yeah. up, they had about, Five different chances to make the tournament. Yes, including by beating the Gophers. Yes, and they, uh, and they, 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 they deserved everything they got about not making. I think, I think people are just, you know, that thing is always covered the same way. Yes. Well, who didn't get in? We're so worried. There's 68 teams. If you didn't get in, you deserve not to get in, right? Because you know you probably shouldn't have been in anyway, if you're only in the, but how about Lenardi and those guys first in first out.
0: Okay. Oh yeah. Next four I, in next four out. Yeah. It's a, yeah. It's an industry. I,
1: I, I am uh, I I did it for years, but I am the last four or five years. I haven't even filled out a bracket and that was when the gophers didn't stink quite as bad as they stink right now. So.
0: It's, hey, Patrick.
1: It, it's, it's off the radar for me, college basketball.
0: Wild scored nine goals in their first two games without kaprizov a win and a shootout uh, overtime loss to Arizona last night. Not a good loss there. But, uh, Patrick, the one thing, let's leave with this. The one thing I really appreciated, and I mentioned this late last week, kaprizov gets injured within 24 hours, Patrick. We knew how long it's going to take him to come back—three to four weeks. The wild Three just came out. Three
1: to four weeks—that sounds familiar, doesn't it? Three to four weeks.
0: Wild just and came right out and told. Wild just came right out and told us, though.
1: Yes, but they didn't tell us it's a hamstring no. injury. No, nope, they told was, us
0: lower body, lower yes, body.
1: It's a hamstring injury, I was told.
0: Okay. And
1: I, I actually leaked that to. Kenny Olson, the MSP traffic guy who works with us <laughs> on the podcast, <laughs> and Kenny tweeted it out. Kenny, Kenny is scooping the nation on what Caprioli's injury is. <laughs> it's a, it's a, I was told it was a hamstring, so wow. uh, by a secondhand source. So that's a, a heck of a lot better than a and then a sprained AC, MCL or ACL yes. or something like that. But as you point out, who needs him?
0: He, he, he as goals. it
1: turned out we were so conscious of Kaprizov, the rest of the offense had gone stagnant we were just sitting around waiting for him to do it for us and now the rest of the guys have been turned loose and look out we'll score uh, score all the goals we want to now so
0: i think it's, uh, i think had equipped like that the other night he was like got rid of that got rid of that dead weight
1: 97 <laughs> yes right that's right yeah i wonder are they over that's that's an angle. Are they overpaying Gorille?
0: <laughs> well, that would be <laughs> you go like ahead and you go ahead and take that one. You go <laughs> yes, ahead and take right. that one.
1: That's right. By the way, yeah. Minnesota State High School tournament. Yep. They had sat Friday night, they announced twenty thousand. Amazing. Twenty thousand. What is wrong with you people? You know, it's on TV watch it. You know, it's, it's an incredible, I guess you had the right teams in there.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and uh, Sean Goldsworthy beat shirt Giles, uh, in the, in the final, uh, uh, Sean's a great guy. And, uh, Giles is a Giles is it's amazing how long he stayed in that job. Yeah. He? Eddie, That's oh uh, yeah, because he, but he's kind of bud like, I think he keeps the parents in check out there yes. and he doesn't, he doesn't give you any more information than he has. That no. Kind of Bud like, but, uh, yeah, it, it was, uh, it, it, the crowds were uh, fantastic. And Monomedi uh, knocks out both Hermantown and War Road. Uh, yes. The in Hermantown is trying to get Monomedi moved up to 2A here. So there
0: they
1: you go. Win more titles. Uh, they they don't like, the, they got the academy thrown out. Maybe they can get Monomedi moved up yeah. to. I'll see Anyway, but it's a, it's an amazing event the, the the way the crowd show up for that. I always used to time my trip to spring training when I would be down there. I was gonna say, the yeah. Start of the high school hockey tournament. I covered one session in like thirty years, but I've i made peace with the thing now, but the way we fawned over it used to drive me nuts.
0: Well, <laughs> and he tried to write about it this week and then Bud died. So we died. Do?
1: Bud, uh, yeah, Bud, we're going to, uh, you know, that's going to be, I wonder how long you're going to have the thought in your head saying, I wonder what Bud thinks about that. You yeah, know? It's, right. like, yeah, it's like, it's going to be, a, it's going to be an adjustment almost like that for us. Of course, Sid's death was is oh, a greater, greater adjustment for us in the newspaper. Yes. But, uh, but, uh, As I say, as I wrote on uh, Sunday, the oddest relationship ever, Sid and Bud with Bernsey is the third wheel. It was uh, how how Sid and Bud ever became friends is beyond me. Although Sid, Bud always explains it by saying Sid had a car over at the university in, in the 40s and Bud would use that car. I think when Bud went on a date, he used Sid's car. So anyway. Amazing. Yep.
0: All right, Patrick. Well, I appreciate all the stories as always. Um, I'm sure next week will be kind of back to back to other sports talk. But this uh, this this felt good. If this felt right, and uh, enjoy the rest of your week. Okay.
1: All right, Mike. Thanks.